Welcome to the Unsupervised Mom Podcast, a weekly conversation about the grins and grime of single motherhood while learning to navigate it God's way. I'm your host, Javon Brown, Christian leader, educator, business owner, and most importantly, mom. I'm not a single mom expert. I'm an expert at being the type of mom God has called me to be. And so are you. I know that God wants us to excel in everything we do. And this includes parenting, even while going at it seemingly unsupervised. For more insights and inspiration, follow the unsupervised mom on Instagram and take this journey with me. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a Christian pastor, counselor, or physician. When I was teaching elementary students, one of my favorite read-alouds was a story titled Where the Wild Things Are. Maurice Sendak, the author, tells readers about a young boy named Max who has an adventure of a lifetime. The story begins with Max getting himself involved in mischief like many young children do. His mother is unhappy with his choices and addresses him as wild thing and sends him to bed without eating. It seems as if she lacks love and is more focused on disciplining him. His bedroom transforms into this wild forestry place. He travels in that time for about a year and a few weeks and eventually encounters a community of other wild things. These creatures had gnashing teeth, big scary eyes, and dinosaur-sized claws that could demolish a city. To them, Max was the leader of them all because he stills them with his courage and in response, he is made king of the wild things. On, he commands them with marching and swinging through the vines and other wild activity, but he eventually sends them off to bed without eating. He was lonely and the wilderness no longer appeased him. His hunger to be with someone who loved him grew. He no longer wanted to be alone in a space that didn't seem to fit him anymore. A delicious aroma arose from across the other world and captured his attention. He decided to give up being king of the wild things, although the wild things wanted him to stay. And Max followed the aroma to where it originated. He traveled another year and a few weeks via his own private boat to return home. When he reached his bedroom, a piping hot meal was awaiting him on his bedside table. And I laugh thinking about the layered lessons that this children's story holds, because who would have thought that this written adventure could teach us about how to see God in our single parenting wilderness or how God holds us accountable for some of the wilderness while still loving us unconditionally. Truth is, single parenting comes with some wild things. I mean, really wild things like growths and foliage, and you may liken those to be the moments where we can't put into words what's happening around us or to us or in us. Or maybe those unpredictable occurrences like having an unplanned child, handling mommy emergencies, losing a spouse to transition or divorce, or possibly losing a long-term boyfriend, or other mom events that we can never truly prepare for and sometimes lack support with. Single mommying also comes with differentiating what we should and should not attach ourselves to. Some of those wild things are the people, the places, the mindsets, the conclusions about life, and sometimes who we become in the process. 
mommy monsters, those moms that we turn into in the ongoing rigor of single parenting, or maybe the mommy mountain climbers who feel when we have checked off all of the day's boxes are on top of the world or mommy moguls when we have arrived at some validating place in life while single parenting to say the least. But some of the other wild things is what we acknowledge while in the, in the wild place. Our issues with ourselves, issues with others, hurts, angst, hardcore lessons, or an intentional acknowledgement of God. To dive a little deeper, when in the wilderness, we are not only like Max, but also like the Israelites. Here's some background. Moses, he was a Hebrew prophet and teacher whose name means to pull or draw out, he was sent to lead the Israelites out of bondage. They were physically released from Egypt, but Egypt never fully left them. The Israelites were God's people in covenant, beginning with a renewal with Abraham, but they were struggling to hold up their end of the covenant and follow God wholeheartedly. They received physical deliverance, but were in need of spiritual deliverance from the condition that kept them at a certain distance from God. Their sin increased. They wanted a king. They had desires that were aligned to the bondage they were used to. And God kept showing them that he was their king. He was their God. But the Israelites began constructing gold and graven images, performing idol worship and convincing other leaders to bend to their lusts. They continued to operate out of a mindset of bondage that God did not desire for them. He wanted the Israelites to follow him and his ways. He wanted them to trust him and adopt his love completely, but they stuttered in the process. We have or have had stuttering moments too. Some of us were given warnings and wisdom that we did not heed to. Others of us were blatantly ignoring the signs because we wanted to believe that something was finally working out for us, or at least seemingly working out for us. The tiny glimpse of hope was enough to keep us bound to a thing because anything outside of it meant that we would have to feel it and feel it all. The things we didn't want to accept, the decisions we wish we didn't make, the false truths we shouldn't have believed about others and ourselves. Some of us were also matched with a blessing of sorts that did not even seem would lead to a single mom narrative, but somehow, whether via life happening, single parenting happening, it is happening, and as it happens, God wants us to learn that the wilderness is not our destination, even if we have to be corrected and pruned in the process. It's in the 31st chapter of Jeremiah that the correction in the wilderness seems so loud. Well, why? We learn of the tribulation that is coming to the Israelites all because of their trouble, the yoke of bondage, and the refusal to disconnect from the strange, wild things that kept them out of alignment with the Father. God reminds them that their bruises are incurable and their wounds are grievous, and the Israelites did not actualize how much time they spent bound up, which was time spent away from God's healing. And we have to get to a place where the wilderness is not our residence. We have to get to a place where the wilderness is not our thinking ground and where it is no longer the reference point for falsified freedom, all because we were comfortable there. God shaped us to endure and to heal, not to stay wounded. So like Max and the Israelites, we have our own conditions. And even when given instruction, 
our response tends to be out of the condition and not out of the instruction given by who we are in covenant with. Max's mom wanted him to follow and Max wanted to do his own thing. God wanted the Israelites to live in the authority of their covenant. Us, we have a desire to follow God, but sometimes we do get in our own way. So when does God show up once we've committed to the wilderness for a time? We later learn in Jeremiah that God restores Israel after chastising them. They had yet to cross the threshold of being 100% with God and teetered the line of what seemed to work and what they knew they could run back to when what seemed to work failed. God held them accountable at all times. And this time, post-chastisement, God offered them grace and restoration. The word says, they found grace out in the desert, these people who survived the killing. Israel, out looking for a place to rest, met God, out looking for them. God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love and more love. And so now I'll start over with you and build you up again, dear Virgin Israel. You'll resume your singing, grabbing tambourines and joining the dance. You'll go back to your old work of planting vineyards on the Samaritan hillsides and sit back and enjoy the fruit. Oh, how you'll enjoy those harvests. Their lives will be like a well-watered garden, never again left to dry up. Young women will dance and be happy. Young men and old men will join in. I'll convert their weeping into laughter, lavishing comfort, invading their grief with joy. So although we may have traveled around ourselves or around God's word, his wisdom, and find ourselves smack in the middle of a wilderness that we become leaders of, and in that we sometimes realize how far we are away from the father, but we also realize that we are never without him. God literally reaches in and somehow reminds us of his placement and his presence. His aroma grabs at us and causes us to lean in a little differently because the wilderness has a way of sitting us down and reminding us that God is always seeking us while we are yet seeking him. It's one thing to address why we were chosen to raise the children we are raising or why we were selected through the unconventional plan of God to endure the grime that comes with single motherhood. But it's another thing to acknowledge the state of the wilderness that we single moms have faced and are occasionally faced with. We have to look at the ugly that got us to the wilderness and the beauty of God's reckless love amidst the wilderness. God consistently dismantles the enemy's attempt for us to focus on what is, what feels or looks haphazard, and instead puts our gaze on what, even in the midst of that which stretches us, is right and godly. I'd like to challenge you to see God in your wilderness and stamp the benefits of God's love on your thinking. First benefit, God's love returns us to his promise and originality. God knows where we are at all times and has enough love to draw us back to him when we have strayed too far away. He is our shepherd if we allow ourselves to be his sheep. A second benefit, God's love shifts who is in control. Bondage is not the narrative God wants for our lives. Love, which also includes his discipline, is part of God's government and should be what guides our daily intentions. The third benefit, God's love repairs the condition 
and position. Although God had to chastise the Israelites, they were promised to be saved from it. God is interested in your evolution and not your destruction. He wants you to excel and win. The fourth benefit, God's love brings his priesthood and kingship. He restores himself in a lineage that defaulted. His love restores us back to him and changes us from the inside out. When we are changed, our approach to single mothering changes. And in this, our relationships with our children become more Christ-centered. And the fifth benefit, God's love keeps us in sight of him. It's easy to believe that God is absent amidst our single mothering because we cannot physically touch him in the way our human minds are apprehended by touch. But we do have the capacity to encounter God in every single moment. God wants us to be close to him and his love pulls us close when we fall away. And I'm confident of this, that God's love for you is eternal for he has loved you with an everlasting love and will therefore continue in his faithfulness to you. That's it for this week, but that's not all. If you have some ideas about what you'd like to see featured on the podcast, let me know. I have some sweet plans, but your input is welcome. Feel free to send an email to hello at theunsupervisedmom.com. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at theunsupervisedmom, where this important conversation is in full color. The official hashtag for the podcast is hashtag unsupervisedmomlife. I'm your host, Javon Brown, and I'd love for you to subscribe and tell your single mom friends to do the same. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to download the show and catch the weekly episodes. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And remember, Mama, you are she, seen, heard, and enough. I love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. Later, y'all.